The Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 29. An effective teacher remains a lifelong student. Five, six, seven, eight. And welcome again to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. My name is Annette Bone, and this is the place where dance inspires life and business. This is another week where I get to bring you a great creative mind who is connected to the art of dance. And this person will be sharing her story strategies, tactics, and ideas to move your life and business forward. So I'm so excited to share her with you. This week on our Step to Success segment, I'm going to give you a really easy thing to do that you should probably do every now and again to keep your computer clean, get all that information organized. Very easy to do. In our Dancer's Dialect segment, I'm going to share a term that was brought to mind because of the feature presentation coming up and also from a really cool experience that I had at a dance intensive almost a year ago. I can't believe it was that long and hopefully they have it again this year so I can attend it again and then share my experiences with that with you to hopefully help you on your dance and your business journey. And then on our freestyle flow segment, I'm going to give you some thoughts on a writing course that we've recently invested in. I haven't even started it yet, but just the preliminary videos, I think there's definitely one tip The first tip that was given that I think is just really huge, whether you're a writer or not, whatever you decide that you're going to do for your business. And then in our feature presentation, I'm so excited to bring you my dear friend, Wendy Dow, who is working on an exciting project with the L.A. Clippers. So pay attention, because if you have kids that are between the ages of six and ten and you live in the greater L.A. area or close to it, you'll definitely want to hear about what she's doing. And even if you aren't, definitely listen to her session here because she shares some really great insights on being an effective student and translating that to being an effective teacher. And whether it's dance related or not, if you operate in any type of leadership capacity, then all of this is applicable. So stay tuned and thanks again for joining me. Hi, this is Wendy Dow. I'm the artistic director of Little Boogie's Game Changers. You're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with my very good friend, Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. Today's step to success is something really, really simple and something that you should do on a fairly regular basis. And that is going through your bookmarks on your browser, on your computer, and getting rid of your links that are no longer working or information that is outdated. 
I don't know how I got to doing this. I think it's because I was working on a project for so long. And so my brain needed a break. So I needed to do something that was a little bit mindless, but still, quote unquote, productive. So I don't know. You might disagree with me on that, whether it was productive or not. But anyway, (laughs) I went through my bookmarks on my computer and found a ton of links that were no longer working. I found a ton of articles that were outdated, you know, with things on the Internet, things change so quickly and information gets updated very quickly. So it was kind of cool just getting rid of stuff on my reading list and also bookmarks for things that I no longer had interest in or weren't applicable. And so it was really great. And so now my bookmarks are up to date. I'm using Pocket now too, which I've referenced on a past podcast session to go through articles and things first before I save them permanently on my Evernote. So anyway, I would recommend that you go through your bookmarks. If you do keep bookmarks, clean those things out, get rid of the links that are no longer working And any outdated info, get rid of those as well. I think you'll feel a lot better. (laughs) At least I did. It made me feel great just to kind of clean that stuff up. So anyway, I hope that helps. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. It was almost a year ago when I attended a three-day dance intensive That was really awesome. After the fact, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that I did that. Because initially, I was kind of going back and forth like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do this. Am I really meant to do this? There's going to be kids there that could be my kids. I'm old enough to be their mom. And am I going to be able to keep up? Because this was these classes were at a more advanced level. And so I and I had only been dancing for a few months before that, after not dancing for a very, 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 very long time. (laughs) So if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know, I've made reference to the fact that I stopped dancing and just got back into it. So I was a little hesitant, but I'm so glad that I ended up going because that brings me to today and being able to share that with you. And then also the word for this week in the dancer's dialect, which is groove. Well, this word was brought to my attention as I was thinking about this experience and then also with my featured guest, who will talk about this a little bit more. And groove is any kind of movement that makes you feel good. It's that feeling of just from dance that's just organic and has a rhythm and uh, just a natural, cool quality to it. That's the way I describe it. And This can be applied to hip hop, to jazz, to lyrical, to maybe even contemporary and even modern ballet. There's a certain groove, a certain rhythm that some of the choreography has. And so one of the classes that I took at this intensive was taught by Twitch. And I'm sure you know who he is. He's from So You Think You Can Dance and The Ellen Show and has been in movies and all kinds of stuff. He's a great dancer, really nice guy. And so his class, of course, was totally packed and lots of young kids. And I have to say, I'm really, I'm so glad I went through the experience, like I said, because I was able to keep up with kids that were half my age or more. And I could be their mom, you know, (laughs) so that was, you know, I felt really excited about that anyway. So that's, that was really cool. But 
anyway, his class, I could, I still remember the looks on their faces as he was playing a lot of the old school stuff, like from Earth, Wind and Fire and some, gosh, I can't remember. I only remember the Earth, Wind and Fire, but it was all old school music. And the one thing he said, it will always stick with me. He said, grooves before moves. And so he was explaining to these young kids that, and there was other people that were like my age too, but all these young kids were not, you know, they're not familiar with this kind of music and just grooving out to different types of music and not having all this complicated choreography to go through. And so it was all about feeling the groove, having a great time, really just being with the music and letting the music move you and that kind of thing. And so toward the end of the class, people were really getting into it. And initially they were just kind of, they kind of looked dumbfounded, like, okay, so we're not going to have like 10 million eight counts to learn with all this intricate choreography. So that class was not about that, which was really just refreshing. And by the way, I do like those other classes as well because they're challenging and they're fun too. So <laughs> I like the complicated stuff, but I also like this kind of stuff too, where he taught grooves before moves. And so my guest will also talk about this too, about the quality of how important it is to have grooves in your dancing. So it will be awesome if this intensive happens again, or I find another intensive to go to where I can get challenged again and then share that with you and tell you, yes, I kept up with kids half my age <laughs> again. So anyway, it's just, it's just great for me. It's a personal goal of mine to do all this. And so in life and in business, there's a certain groove that happens whether you are having a business meeting or you are meeting someone for the first time and kind of finding out if you are in tune with each other. So groove doesn't only apply to dance. It applies to everything in life and in business. So I haven't quite decided what this segment is going to be called. So for now, I'm calling it Freestyle Flow, where anything goes. So maybe that'll be it for now. Unless you guys have any other ideas, I'm definitely open to them. So if you want to send me an email or comment on the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 029, I'm more than happy to look at your suggestions. So right now it's Freestyle Flow, where anything goes, where I talk about whatever happens to be on my mind or what I want to share at that moment. So today I want to share about an important insight that I got from a writing course that I've recently invested in. I have not started the course. I've gone through a couple of the preliminary videos before the course goes to the sales page. And it's really good. Actually, I, got, I was reminded of when I first started this podcast and just getting the sessions recorded. And what he had talked about is that he wanted to be a writer and he wanted to be a full-time writer and he was working a job and he was doing writing on the side. And he was in a conversation with a friend and he could not identify himself as a writer. And so the point that he was making is that the first step in anything, and in this case writing, is to say that I'm a writer or let's talk about business or dance. I'm a dancer. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm whatever. And so like with this podcast, I had been recording these sessions and I could not identify with the fact that or even admit, I guess admit would, I don't know if admit would be the right word, but I couldn't say, oh, I'm a podcaster. I remember being in conversation and, and that's what I was focused on, but I couldn't say I'm a podcaster. And of course it's easy for me to say now because I do these weekly sessions and they're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and I have reference to them. They're on my site. So it's very easy now. But the important point that he made is, first of all, to identify what it is that you want to be 
and state that. Secondly, do the actions that support that. So if you want to be a writer, you say, I'm a writer and start writing. Do the things that make you a writer. If you're a dancer, I'm a dancer and take class and do the things that make you a dancer. I'm a podcaster. So I am a podcaster, like I said, and I make produce podcast sessions. So I thought that was really huge. I'm really looking forward to this course and seeing how it's going to help me not only with my writing, but also with podcasting. So I hope that helps that you can identify yourself as to what you want to be and then just put in the actions to support that. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I know I say this more often than not, but I truly am thankful for the opportunity to talk to these different dancers and choreographers who are also entrepreneurs and provide a platform where they can continue to express their creative genius. And it's such an honor for me to, first of all, get to talk to them. Secondly, that they will they would share so generously the lessons that they've learned and things that have helped them and, and being so open about struggles that they've been through. I really feel that it's an honor. And so I love it. Every time I'm done with an interview, I, I'm always so excited and energized and thankful that I got to do it. So again, I'm able to bring you this week a dear friend of mine, Wendy Dow, and she's from London. She trained over at Studio 68, and she's a past director and judge of the National Street Dance Championships. She's currently the artistic director of Game Changers, and within Game Changers, there are different age divisions. They're competitive dance teams, and they just debuted last year and did really, really well. And it's going to be another exciting year, another exciting season ahead. They have a lot planned, and she's going to talk about one of the projects that she has coming up that you'll definitely want to pay attention to, especially if you are a parent and you have six to 10-year-olds and you live in the greater LA area. Even if you don't, if you know parents or know friends, friends that do that would be interested in this project, please share this session with them. And even if you are not a parent and that does not interest you, you'll want to pay attention to what Wendy talks about in terms of being an effective student and how that translates to being an effective teacher. And whether it's dance related that you're in or not, if you operate in any type of leadership capacity, you'll want to pay attention because it's all applicable. So anyway, let's get on to the interview. I am so thrilled to be bringing you my next guest, and she is just a gem, Um, not only personally, but professionally. She is from the UK. She is such a cool person. I'm actually training with her now. And it's just amazing the kind of progress that I'm making just in a short amount of time that she's been training me. And I'm looking forward to continuing my training with her. She's added so much value in just the short time that I've known her. Her name is Wendy Dow. And she has been all over teaching, choreographing, dancing, she started off at Studio 68 in the UK. And then she's also trained out here in the U.S. She's been a past director and a judge for the National Street Dance Championships. And last year, she led two competitive dance teams for their first year competing. She led them to victory just in, I mean, and these girls have never competed before. So it was such a huge win. This year, she's working on some other projects, which I'm really excited for her to share with you. 
So without any further ado, thank you, Wendy, for joining us. Hi, Annette. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to talk. You know, we've had some really great conversations about dance and just about life and everything kind of intertwining and personal development working on that. I'm so excited for our audience to be able to hear about your experiences and how you've brought all these different things into your teaching, into your choreography. And I just feel that you have so much value to give, not only in the dance world, but in the business world and outside of that. So let's just get right to the questions. I know you've made a bunch of different sacrifices in order for you to get the training that you got, you know, coming to the U.S. and going all over. What were the most impactful lessons you've learned that you've been able to pass on to your students? Wow. Okay. Hit me with the big ones. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I knew that I wanted to venture into hip hop when I was 17. Tina Ingracia, who was actually, I believe, one of the directors of Culture Shock San Diego, she came to do a workshop in London. Luckily enough, through a friend, I took a whole week intensive and she is the whole example of living, breathing hip hop. The trouble with anything, if you want to learn it authentically, is that sometimes you get a watered down version. I wanted to learn what real hip hop was. I wanted to learn about the music, how they move. It seemed to be so effortless for her to be able to move. And I don't know whether it's because I'm very trained in ballet and IFTD and we have certain how you present yourself, your movements and how they are. It's very structured, whereas hers just seemed something that I just thought, I'm never going to move like that. It just seems like it's something she lives and breathes. And I asked her, you know, she was only here for a week, and I was trying to absorb everything I possibly could from her. And she said, well, you know, you're going to have to come and live and eat and breathe it. So after numerous conversations with my mum and a year of saving, past her better judgment, I decided to come with a friend and train with Culture Shock San Diego. And I took class for three months I was here, and it changed my whole outlook. They are one of the best people to start out for for me. It seemed like the UK had street jazz. The one thing about dance, and most teachers will tell you, is that they're very different. Jazz is very different to ballet, the same as, you know, hip-hop. But the difference is is that hip-hop has popping, breaking, locking, whacking, touching, house. It's a whole different umbrella, and there seems more freedom for that. So coming out here and learning from them was something that I wanted to be able to move differently. And it's something that it took a long while. I mean, I think we all wait for the penny to drop. And me and you have had this conversation of, I still don't feel it. I still don't think I look like you look. I don't get it. And there's never a time where you decide, yep, swag is on. I've got it. (laughs) It, it, It's something that it's more of a mental battle. And we've also talked about that. And I'm sure we'll kind of recap on that. It's how you perceive yourself. and she gave me all these tracks to listen to and to be in the environment of other hip-hop dancers I think if you're in the right environment you can't help but to blossom as much as you try and pull against that and it felt like pulling teeth trying to be able to move and I thought I look like a ballet dancer in the middle of this and it I look silly and I went through an up and down battle of you know it's not right and the biggest lesson (laughs) that I could pass on is that it doesn't happen overnight it is something that is not given to us all natural rhythm and a groove and it's just about accepting day-by-day progress as a journey because I've learned more than anything that you never stop learning you never should have that mentality that you know this is where I am because with house and hip-hop and whacking tutting 
cramping. We're learning more and more styles and you restrict yourself mentally and physically if you aim to do that. There's always new, and we talk about this all the time, there's, you know, ratchet, there's all these new sayings and I try and stay on top of it. But the minute you think you know it, there's something else. So she taught me just, you know, mainly most of the teachers and then with Angie Bunch, who is just an inspirational top 100 woman of all time, apparently, who just kind of always told me that it was more about the journey. And if you always focus on a destination as a goal, it restricts you and you you kind of don't appreciate the learning process. And that's when you learn the most. So just always to take class. You're never too good to take class and just be humble, open and you know, more than anything, just don't forget why you're doing it. Try and, you know, focus on the fun parts of it and, you know, find a real passion for it. If you think about this at least twice a day, you have a passion for it. So, you know, never give up the whole kind of cheesy as much as it is. You know, if it still feeds you, it's a calling. So you can't, you can only ignore that for so long. As we've spoken about getting back into dance after five years, 10 years, 15 years, you suddenly develop you know, you know that love for it never went anywhere. It was just sidetracked by family, maybe finances, maybe something else. But there's, you know, your love for it never dies. It's something that you have to constantly feed. And um, I mean, I love it. But um, I've had to fight for it every step of the way, financially, you know, ment- mentally, you know, a lot of sacrifice of being away from family. You don't think they play a part, but as we spoke about emotionally, you know, you have to take yourself on a very big journey. But um, that's where I started. And I haven't kind of left it. I pick up different styles sometimes. But I try and think, you know, that every class is a new experience. And just keep as, as open-minded as you possibly can to your own training. And I never get used to how much my body aches. <laughs> and, and, I, that, and that's the one thing that I love about it is that, you know, I still want to push myself. Even now when people go, oh... You know, this I've never been happy with anything I've ever done, I don't think, on video. Because, and you'll know this, we see things and go, I was going 100%. It looks like I'm marking it. This is so frustrating. Um, because I think as, you know, I have a perfectionist bit OCD-ish in me that I, you know, what I see maybe others don't see. and But that keeps pushing me forward. But in a in a productive way, I don't limit myself, but I always kind of think, you know, I could maybe have done that. And that strives me to be better. But just be humble, be open and treat every day as like, whether it's good or bad. They taught me that you'll learn more about the bad things that happen in life or in your class. You couldn't follow the steps. You know, you can pick up complicated moves, but the basic groove, you just, you can't get it. And she was like, you know, you've got to find some kind of humor in that kind of thing and go, you know, today it wasn't right. And just put that behind you and take it for what it is. Because you then learn more from the bad than you do the good. But that's the long version. The short version would have been better. But that's, you know me how I like to talk. So, you know, that just breaks it down. But, you know, it's a battle, you know, as my friend Jeff would say, you know, the struggle's real. But um, <laughs> but it's worth it, you know, and you get that buzz. And you know when you get that. So what I really appreciate is that you talk about all of these things and they are so important. But more than that, you demonstrate this in front of your students. So. You're working just as hard as you are asking your students to do. And not all teachers do that, which I think is awesome. And it's such, it sets such a great example. If you were to describe your dance classes in three words, what three words would you use? And why would you use those three words? (laughs) Okay. I think the best teachers to me, just recapping briefly, is that, you know, I, I think 
the minute you can, we're all kind of, we have a perception of teachers and what we learn from them, but I think with teachers that are vulnerable are always the best teachers. I'm no perfectionist. I'm still working myself. Yes, I forget the count. Yes, I sometimes forget what I've just taught you. But I think to pretend that that doesn't happen, you know, it creates this weird atmosphere of perfection to people. And it's like, class is a learning process for me. It's about my student 100%. But I don't want them to think I'm flawed. I want them to think they see some of them in me that, you know, I have these brain zaps when, what did I just do? Don't remember it? Okay. And to hide that kind of thing when, to me, that just makes people open up a lot more and kind of, you know, associate with you that, oh, you know, you put people on this pedestal, maybe whether it's a teacher or, and I just think, you know, nobody's perfect. And apart from the Queen of England, obviously, but then we don't, <laughs> but unfortunately we don't see, we don't, they cut that, they edit that very well. But, you know, I think you get a lot more from people the minute you see, you know, some kind of reality. Reality is we're not all perfect. Sometimes I mess up, but I can still laugh at myself doing the most stupidest things. And really, I forgot that. Okay. And I think when people enjoy and laugh with you, you know, you open up a whole new relaxed atmosphere where they're like, you know what, I'm going to let it go. And you get the best from people. But recapping on your three words, I would say the three F's. And this is what I think I've had this for a while. More than anything, you know, it has to be fun. I think if you want to go to the gym or you want to dance, whether it's good or bad from the age of three, my mum has always told me if it's the minute it's not fun to you, you can stop. And it's never stopped being fun. And that's all the good and the bad. The other F is fitness because, and you'll know this, I mean, you can't help but to sweat <laughs> considerably. And you'll see your body changing. You you learn how to move. Your body develops and tones because you're squatting. You know, you're using my nice arm torture movement that we go through. <laughs> um, you know, and I know people love to hate it. And it's, you know, and the other F, you know, it, to me, obviously it's humorous, but to me it's just funny. I think in life, if you, you know, my granddad was a huge influence to me, didn't always, you know, have, you know, a glowing childhood. And I'm pretty sure everyone didn't, but he just had such a great humor for life in terms of, you know, you'll always get good and bad things happen to you, but you've got to find a way to kind of put that into brackets of, you know, if I make a mistake, I can laugh at myself. If I trip over walking down the street, I have to laugh at it because it's the silliest thing sometimes. And I think if you can smile at anything in life and look at it in more of a humorous way, my sense of humor and my granddad, God bless him, has got me through the best times and the worst times as well. So, you know, if you can, you know, put them three F's together and I try and use it so at my age and my oldness, I can remember F. So that makes it a little bit easier that, you know, it's fun. It keeps you fit. And it's to me, it's just funny, you know, whether it's difficult or not, I have to find a humor behind it because. I get up and if my body aches and I can't move my neck, I'm laughing to myself going, really? After 30 years of this, I'm still, this is still hurting? That's funny to me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and that's easy to remember. So hopefully people remember that. I think people will remember that. And I think the cool thing about watching you in action is that you translate those things very well to both kids and with adults. And, and not all teachers can teach both very successfully. What would you say about working with kids and working with adults? What are the key points that are applicable to both or different? What would you like to say about that, working with kids and with adults? <laughs> what a journey that is. Um, <laughs> you know what? I always try and teach how I would like to have been taught. To me, I don't think it's whether it's, you know, three-year-olds or 73-year-olds, it's keeping someone's attention. 
that hour for us, and you'll be able to help me on this, it goes so quick. Sometimes it feels, really, this has been an hour? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just trying to find a way to keep their attention. Obviously, with a younger age group, teaching three to four-year-olds, it's all about attention. And it's all about being productive with that so that, you know, no time is wasted in that and that whatever you do, whether it's a sense of movement that you can, you know, a lot of stuff with kids is a lot of imagination. It's a lot of the ballet. It's a lot of to get them to releve. It's, you know, you tell them, you know, you're trying to peer over a wall. You're trying to find fairies. You know, you try and put a picture into place and they are on board, but trying to keep their attention. You know, as we get older, I don't think in hip hop, me telling you to look for fairies is going to help you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some people I'm still looking, but, um, but it's trying to keep their attention in terms of trying to keep them focused. So when it comes to a warm up, you have a set warm up and then, and you'll know this, I like to change my music sometimes. I think it's good because sometimes you put a different emotion into it. You get quicker, you get slower. So your brain has to constantly transfer and work and think about something else. So you keep someone's attention. To me, that is the key to anything. If you have my attention, then you're doing something right. Whether it's, you know, if you're selling me something how you talk, how you dance. If you can hold someone and captivate someone yourself, you know, that's the secret to anything. Not sure I should be telling anyone that. I'm sure they know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, you know, you have to find little ways. And as teachers, we all have our different ways of doing that. Some teachers have a specific rule for class. I tend not to have, you know, I have the things I want to do, but I'm not stuck into that because I think you never know you're going to uh, get a kid that cries or you're going to get two children that out of 20 children are really pulling your attention, but you've got to find a way to balance that with, you know, trying to keep everything productively moving, but still address certain things. And you don't make it a big thing. You know, it's a bit like ballet dancers. It looks so easy. It looks effortless and beautiful, but you have no idea of the training that goes into that. The bleeding feet, the blisters, the times, the muscles, but you don't tell an audience that. You just see the production that it is. But, um, that I just, so I just think attention and just kind of keep the time productive. And that's a secret to anything, I think. You really do a great job of bringing in those analogies, not only for the kids, but for adults. And I think people really relate to that. And I, I like that people, I think it's really, I think that everybody likes that they have a point of reference because you can tell someone, well, do this move and they don't, they might not really grasp what it is that you're trying to get at. But then you, you have this way of explaining it so that everybody feels good about doing it and even if they are just beginners i you know i've been able to see people get really excited and have fun like how you want them to have fun in class but still really work and make progress and i just think that's it's just such a cool thing to see a teacher do because you don't see all teachers do that so i really commend you on that wendy oh well that's very kind i mean most teachers have a different way of teaching um depended on your um whether you're a professional dancer obviously um Beginners to me, uh, uh, my, you see, beginners, that's a very gray area for me. It's like, if you manage to walk here and dress yourself, beginners, I always think it's a gray area because, you know, it's sometimes the choreography I teach isn't beginners choreography. And, and you'll agree with this, but in the speed I teach it or the detail I go into, I make that beginners. But to me, that's more foundational. You know, and a lot of professional people that are in the business now, if you ask old school choreographers that have uh, worked in the past, most of them will tell you that you know, there's a lot of new styles around, but they want to bring back the grooving. They want to bring back the dancing. You know, there's a lot of static movement and that is fantastic for, you know, the new style and the new swing and, you know, the crumping and that's great. But I don't want to lose fact of 
I want to see someone dance. I want to see someone move. And sometimes somebody might, you know, you might just say one thing about them uh, or to them to try and help them. And they always remember that. And all I ask is that when people leave the room is that, you know, they one, they feel good. Two, I've managed to walk away and they can still remember the counts, but they can do it in a way which it's right. You know, obviously there's levels to that. And, you know, you'll know you've been an example to yourself. You've had very nice comments from people and on your journey, it's difficult sometimes to see what others see. So it's always good to get that, not reassurance, because I think that you only get that from yourself. But I think when people see you as a work in progress and you can say to them, okay, I want you to think about, you know, locking. I couldn't get hold of that when I first did it. And someone, a great teacher said to me, um, I want you to think about painting, about how smooth it needs to be and how your edges are. And I've never forgotten that. And it's one comment. So I think it's just about saying the right things to people to engage them and to learn it and take whatever they learn in your class and be able to use it in anything, whether it's confidence, how they walk, or if they're doing a hip hop class, they now know that, you know, that I want level is down. Always think about, you know, changing your movement low. If it's locking, think about painting. If it's to do with tap, then it's all grounded, you know, and it's, it's just about that kind of thing, but everyone's different in their learning. But if I can take anything away from that, then, you know, it's just that people have fun. And even if they remember like, to me, the hip hop is all about your upper body because you've got to bring it down. You always want your chest to be in contact with your thigh. And the minute you say that, it seems like a long way when you physically do it. And I see my students always cheat. They try and, and I know all the rules because I choose to cheat myself, but you can't, <laughs> you know, standing at the back of class, think I can't see you. So I call that out pretty soon, but you know, you just cheat yourself. But in terms of movement, I think if you can say to someone, you know, whether it's graphic or things, you know, if you feel ill and you kind of get that, you know, yearning in you then how you bend over how you go from your waist and just saying little things like that you know opens up doors for people and if you can pinpoint a movement with an image or a feeling and put them two together you know people get it it clicks they get it they remember it so yeah it's really helpful and one thing too that I think is so key that you do is that you always give opportunities for people to have those those little wins and that will later on translate to big ones because you notice those things and you're able to communicate that really well so that people really feel like they've accomplished something, even if it's just something small. And so I really appreciate that about you, Wendy. And it's, I think it's huge for anything else too in life. If you can stack up those little wins and, and be able to reassess like, Oh, you know what? I I have made progress. And that just gives you more confidence to continue. So thank you for always demonstrating that in class. It's really cool. Oh, you're so welcome. I mean, I think it's critical that, we always want to be better. Uh, we always want to, we, and we're always our worst critic. It doesn't matter who you are, whether it's in life, work, you know, it doesn't matter what your job is or what you do. And I think it's just about, you know, I said, like I say to everyone, and you hear me repeat this, you know, the fact that you turn up is great. The fact that you're working, that's all you can ask from someone. Give me a hundred percent and be present and everything else will kind of follow suit. But it's rewarding people when you can physically see they are going somewhere. And, you know, it's always, real for me. I don't like giving false promises or false hope. If someone asks me what I think, despite other people's best judgment, I'm not someone to tie a bow around things. I don't personally think that helps you. I think it leaves a bit of a gray area. And, you know, I make a mental note of everyone in my class. And if I can see, I'm like, oh my God, that is so much better. Or now, you know, and especially with one of our mutual friends, Jess, dancing was just fun to her, but she's coming up to me afterwards going, I remember the steps. Like, and it was a complicated until you used the terminology for it. And to me, 
you know, getting paid for it, it's fantastic. But them kind of things are an extra buzz to me because I know they mean something to her. So, and it's and like I showcase you. I mean, you, you don't realize your own progress. And I think you've got to be your own champion as well as your own critic. You know, you've, otherwise you're never going to get anywhere. You're always going to look at the negative side. And it's like, regardless, I turn up every week. I work hard. And, you know, sometimes we have our blinkers on. We always think, I want to be better. I want to do this. And it's like, if you asked anyone else, they would never be as hard on you as you are on yourself. So I think you have to bring that back to earth when it comes to, you know, realizing, God, I'm, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I'm, I know I'm not where I want to be, but I have to go, you feel good about myself that I work hard. You know, I make sacrifices and I'm getting better. I know I am. And allowing yourself humbly to accept that, you know, that's a huge thing. But. And it's definitely a journey, like you said. <laughs> it's definitely a journey. Now, I'm really excited for you to talk about a project you have coming up and uh, working with the L.A. Clippers. Do you want to tell us about that? God, this is crazy exciting times for us. Being, we're based at Boogies on Utopia, so we're in Torrance. We have just been offered the chance under Game Changers, which is a competition teams. We have Alpha Boogies, we have Canvas, Little Boogies, which are our younger ones, and Vendetta. As you spoke briefly when you did the intro for me, we did our first season, and we did so well. We had our two little girls work so hard and we had tantrum and, you know, we had no experience going into this, what a competition would be like. And everyone was so nice to us, very open. And we just try and train our dancers to be all-rounders, you know, and have foundational skills to be able to perform and execute what they're learning in class. So to do very well was icing on the cake to us, but, you know, it was just taking part. But this year... Erica and myself, Erica's the other director with me. We are directors of Little Boogies, so they're aged between 6 and 10. We work with um, Audrea, which is the L.A. Clippers. Uh, she's the lady that controls the girls. She recently had auditions and the Clipper girls rehearse at Utopia. She'd seen a couple of our young girls that had been rehearsing, and I think for a while now they wanted to bring a more professional look into the Clippers. So she briefly mentioned this to Elm and the ball has started rolling very, very quickly. And so what the offer has been to us is that we will perform at eight of their live games at the home game. They're going to be called Junior Jam Squad and they are the official LA Clippers younger team. So a huge responsibility for us and an amazing kind of the best kind of experience for them that they get to at a very young age perform on such an, an open stage. So we are so excited to be working with them on this and the fact that I think it's the first time that they've publicized this, it's on the official LA Clippers website, you know, and we have auditions on the 23rd and we have to be ready to go. No pressure, but we can rise for the challenge. But it is a huge honor. So we're really humbled about that, but we're just excited for what comes with that. So if there are any kids, any parents listening and that have kids that are interested in auditioning and finding out more information, do they go to the LA Clippers site or is there any, anywhere else they need to check out? Well, they can, they can do two things. They can either, they'll see it on the LA Clippers website. If I believe it's either on events, but if it should take you straight to the page because it's all got it advertised on the logos, they will have an email address that you can email if you're interested. But equally, you can take my email address, which is Wendy Dow, D-O-W, 20 at hotmail.com. And it's for kids between the ages of six and 10. Preferably, we would like them to have some kind of dance experience, but we're just looking really for committed parents because they will be part of our Game Changers team, which means we have scheduled competitions throughout the rest of the year. We have rehearsals twice a week and 
we our training is to make them all rounded. They will get their ballet, their tap, their jazz, but they will also get to perform at events in and around LA. We've got projects and performances in Las Vegas, and obviously with the eight live Clippers games, it's an amazing experience for them to have. But we have auditions on the 23rd of August, and they start at 9 a.m., 9 a.m. till 11. And we're just asking for anyone, you know, just to come along. If a parent has a child that shows an interest in dance and, you know, they want to help them pursue it or further it, you know, audition process is just for us to see them, for them to know what we do and to see if it's something they want to do. But that's going to be held at Utopia Quarters, so that's on West Carson Street. So if they email me, I can send them all the details that they need to know on that. Awesome. And I'll go ahead and link the information in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash zero two nine. But um, this sounds like an amazing opportunity. And of course, to learn from Wendy. I mean, I can't say enough good things about that. <laughs> so you guys, you know, I hope that from this interview, you guys were able to hear that she puts a lot of intention and love and care and focus into everything that she does. So Wendy, thank you so much for being on this podcast and just for helping me in my own journey and I just I just love you. <laughs> oh, you know what, and I you know what, it it's hard not to become emotional, but for people to tell you their stories, I mean everyone has a story, but um it's being able to be any kind of help leading anyone anywhere, I think. And you'll know this because you do this too. It's if you can be of help to anyone or to, you know, help them see what maybe they don't or be any kind of you know, crutch in life. And I know that sometimes that sounds, you know, to some people quite drastic, but I think we all need someone at some point in our life. And I just think if you're in the right environment and, you know, there's a really good balance of learning, but obviously, you know, you're a person too. You, you have emotions and there's reality and there's life. So I think if you're in a good environment and you can see that physically, mentally, you're helping someone get there, that's all the gratitude I need. I had people do that for me. I'm just simply passing it on. But I mean, you know, it's so funny because when I go through these interviews, I'm like, man, I just... I just love talking about this stuff, like giving people a chance to talk about where they came from and what drives them. And, you know, I just think it's, there's so much to learn. And I really, I feel like it's, I, I want to honor the person by giving them a, a chance to be, you know, to express that, you know? So yeah. I mean, I, it's, you know, I mean, you know, the dance world, I mean, it's, it's like anything, but if you can, it's, you know, it's such a personal journey, but you end up being very vulnerable and very open about it because, you know, you dance, people watch you, you know, people follow your journey, whether it's people that see you in class or, you know, and, you know, I think we all have this idea of people and how they dance and what life is like and just to get any reality that, you know, and everyone's fighting their own kind of battles, whether it's a physical battle, whether it's a mental battle, whether it's a fitness battle. So, and I think it's allowing people just to be themselves and, you know, trying to kind of, be any kind of help to them it's just you know it's nice because I think it you know you pass it on and I think that's really humbling and I don't ever want to get to the stage where I don't have time for someone or you know that you know somebody asks me a question and I give them a very short answer where I don't even it doesn't sound like I'm even listening to them mm -hmm. you know and the trouble is is with dance teachers that have 80 people in class you can't expect to give everyone that kind of time so right. I just want to always try and be you know and one thing that me and Michael's are saying you know we're teaching like 200 on mass you try and say things that can relate to everybody. The only way you can do that is to be as open as you can, you know, is that people see your flaws and people know that you're still a work in progress and that, you know, everything is not black and white, you know, and it's okay to struggle. It's okay that, you know, people know some people might not be able to eat this week because they've had to go to class and we all get it and it is reality and we don't hide it. We just, it is what it is, but you still appreciate it when you see it, you know. So you do a good thing, Annette. 
So you're a hero of mine too. So oh, thank you. It, it, it goes both ways, Annette. You're an inspiration to me. So thank you, Wendy. Sometimes I think if given the opportunity, I would talk about dance and business 24-7. Well, maybe not 24-7, but a long time. (laughs) So that's why I have this podcast. I get to talk about dance and business and things that excite me and hopefully share things that will help you on either your dance journey or your business journey or both or something else. I hope that as you're listening to these sessions that you are finding things that you can apply and that are helpful to you and also that encourage you because I'm all about encouragement. So I hope that you get that from this podcast. So my question to you now is, are you a student of something? Are you pursuing something? I would love to hear about it. And you can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 029 where you can also find the show notes to this session. And I would consider it a great honor if you would go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and give me a rating and review. That way I can continue to improve the podcast. And also, if you do that, I would love to know how you found out about the podcast and what have you resonated with. I'm all about improving, like I said, and also I want to make sure that I can get the word out about this podcast so I can help more people. And last but not least, I would love to mention your name on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until then, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.